What chapter 7 does is help us to understand the crushing defeat of the Israelite army in Ai. Uh, Look at verse 27 of chapter 6, the last verse of chapter 6. And we're going to contrast the victory in Jericho uh, with the defeat at Ai, the first attempt at Ai, with one little word. Verse 27, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in all the land, but, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Remember, as we go through this, we know something from verse 1 that Joshua and the Israelites do not know yet. Okay? We know that there has been uh, some sin. We know that Uh, Israel broke the faith. Joshua doesn't know that. The elders of Israel don't know that. The nation of Israel don't know that. There's really uh, one, possibly one family, for sure, only one person who knows that that has happened. Uh, So, uh, prior to the defeat, God had given Joshua, look at verse 18 of chapter 6. If you remember, as God is, uh, the the, uh, instructions, you keep for yourselves from the things devoted to, but you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, You take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. So they're to go in and they are to take no, um, I use the word booty, no no, uh, reward from uh, the city of Jericho. Everything except for Rahab and her family and the precious metals that they will keep to put in the tabernacle to use for implements uh, in the tabernacle, everything else is to be destroyed. Uh, And so that's the instruction. Uh, And these things that are devoted to destruction, verse 18, in another place is devoted to the Lord to destruction. So it is a sacrifice to God as they destroy these things, okay? So it's God has taken ownership of these things. They belong to him. They are to be sacrificed to him, and so they're not to take any of these things. That's the instructions. Uh, Verse 21 of chapter 6 Uh, Then they devoted all the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. With the edge of the sword. And then verse 24, and they burned the city with fire and everything in it. So that's the the, uh, instructions for them as they take Jericho. and, And here's what it says that they did now. We're going to Ai. They are told to go on. They complied, Israel complied, but Achan, he disregarded the warning. Um, I just have some notes. Sin angers God. You say, sure, I know that. Well, we'll follow that up. It It incites, it inflames his wrath. It defeats God's people. We'll see that. And it hinders his work. Therefore, God must deal with sin. Uh, So he promised he'd be with Israel. We'll see some of the uh, tension there. Because God has promised 
to be with Israel, and they were convinced that after six chapters, so far, everything has gone just like it was supposed to. From the crossing of the Jordan, Joshua taking over, Moses dying, Joshua takes over, uh, they cross the Jordan, there's Gilgal, Jericho falls just as God said it would. Uh, so there was no reason for them not to be confident as they go into Ai. So let's look at the verse, first five verses. I'll, I'll just read this a little as we go. I don't think we'll finish chapter 7 tonight. Maybe, you, maybe you'll learn fast enough. The people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, period. Oh. And... They fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shabarim and struck them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. So, uh, verse 1, God's wrath is incited. Uh, the last verse of chapter 7 and they raised him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. And the Lord turned from his burning anger or his burning wrath. So we're bookended with wrath as the theme of chapter 7, God's wrath. Uh, I'll point you to chapter, uh, verse 12 as sort of the hinge, the center of the passage the second half, the last sentence of, chapter, of verse 12, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the de devoted things from among you. So we have the wrath of God on both ends, but there is an opportunity to avert, avoid the wrath of God, and that's by destroying these devoted things. Uh, so the people of Israel broke the faith. The anger of the Lord burns against them. Uh, notice the anger of the Lord burned against, verse 1, the people of Israel. What does that tell us about being part of Israel? Do they know about what happened? No. Um, it affects the whole camp. Sin affects the whole camp. Yes. That's how Paul described the church in 1 Corinthians 12. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of, uh, of the body, though many are one body, as it is with, so it is with Christ, for in one spirit we'll all baptize into one body. No one ever sins in isolation. We need to remember that. You don't ever just sin in a vacuum that's just, oh, well, it may get me in trouble, but I don't care because other people are affected. Each member of the body is responsible, uh, but because of the close unity of the people of God in Israel, in the church, uh, in your family, uh, uh, Sickness in one part affects the whole. Achan's sin, here's a quote, Achan's sin robbed the whole nation of the purity and holiness which it ought to have possessed before God. So they're going into the battle. Remember verse 1, we're the only ones who know that. And at least one other person. 
right? Achan knows that. So verse 2, Joshua's preparing. Uh, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and he said, go up, spy out the land. This is not the first time spies have been sent to uh, check out the enemy. Uh, Some commentaries will say Joshua uh, didn't pray. He neglected to pray. That's why they were defeated. Uh, That they were overconfident. Uh, but Joshua, I don't see that anywhere in the text. They sent the, the uh, reconnaissance out. The scouts went out. They saw it was a smaller city, a smaller group of people. Two or three thousand will be good. Joshua went to the high number and took 3,000 men into the battle. But again, as I said, some, some will attribute a failure on Joshua's part because he didn't pray. Did Joshua pray here? Do we know he didn't pray? No, not there. That's just assuming. Uh, but what is the reason for the defeat? Verse 1, yes, the wrath of God, the anger of God. We don't want to lose that sight, but Israel doesn't know that. Uh, So, uh, let me just read you what Calvin says about Fewness of numbers was not the cause of the discomfort, comfort, and ought not to bear the blame of it. The true cause was the secret counsel of God who meant to show a sign of his anger, but allowed the number to be small in order that the loss might be less serious. So at only 36, they only lost 36. That's a small number compared to some of the numbers of the uh, casualties of war, the rest of the uh, Bible. Uh, But God's people, because we have these bookings, this whole thing is about the anger of God, the wrath of God, uh, uh, God's people failed because huh, they were under God's wrath and God's people should be trembling under the wrath of God as Matthew Henry says but they didn't uh, and so the tables are turned uh, Israel's routed they retreat they turn around uh, verse 4 this reason uh, I'm sorry Verse 4, so about 3,000 men went up. They fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai killed about 36 and chased them before the gate as far as Shabarim and struck them at the descent, and the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Does that ring a bell from anything we've studied so far? The hearts of the people melted and became a water? Yes. The people of Jericho, Israel has become just like their enemies. They're weak in heart now. uh, Their faith is gone. Their confidence is gone. Uh, So the tables are turned. Israel becomes like their enemies. Their hearts melted. We could go to verse 2. We could, I mean, chapter 2, chapter 5. Then verse 6. Uh, this is Joshua and the elders. Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Sign of mourning, yeah. Hopefully repentance, right? I mean, although they, I mean, then Joshua begins to ask his question. He's got three questions. Verse 7. Alas, O Lord God, why? Why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites and to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell before the Jordan, beyond the Jordan, I'm sorry. So the first question is, why? Began to question God. 
surely he began to question his own, himself. Uh, shouldn't have crossed the river. We should have just stayed on, over on the other side of the river. Nobody was bothering us. It was peaceful. Uh, not the promised land. Uh, sounding like the wilderness wanderers, right? A little bit. But he is complaining to God, not complaining about God. There's somewhat of a difference here. But he does. Why, God, have you done this? Verse 8. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? That's not really a question. Well, it is. What can I say? What do I say when the people of Israel question, what do I tell them? Um, They'll question my leadership. What do I tell them when they question my leadership? Uh, (laughs) Made me uh, remember a book, some of you, uh, there's a few baseball fans uh, around. When I was young, I was a Yankee fan. I know Andy was a Yankee fan, but he lived up there in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, I was here, but that's all we had on TV every Saturday. It was Diddy Dean and Pee Wee Reese and the Yankees. Uh, well, um, in the 60s, mid-60s, Jim Bouton was a pitcher for the Yankees. Actually, he was an Astro from 69 to 70. Jim Bouton. He wrote a book after he, uh, uh, after he retired that made me think of Joshua asking, what am I going to tell? He says, I manage good, but boy, did they play bad. <laughs> and it was making fun of managers that he had served under. Well, Joshua was saying, look, what am I going to tell the people? And he's not all that. I mean, he is, has to be concerned about himself. But then verse 9 is the real question he has. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. So you notice Joshua is expecting now they're going to be wiped out. But and what will you do for your great name? So Joshua is concerned about the Lord's reputation. If Israel perishes, it will reflect on God, the God who has delivered them from the Egyptians. Uh, If Israel perishes, it will call into question God's faithfulness, his covenant, the promises that they have lived upon, that they have rested in. In their journey, the glory of God's character is at stake. And so he's praying in one sense, God be glorified. Your will be done in our lives. I don't see how it's going to happen now. He's lost confidence. Yeah, James, you're going to ask something. Well, they also may be suffering from pride because they, they don't even have to think as far as back as Egypt. They just left Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't see that in Joshua. He did what he would normally do. He sent a scout team out. He examined the situation. He sent an appropriate, you remember Jesus, uh, uh, consider the cost passage in Luke where he says, who, who, who builds, who, who fights an army that he had, hadn't figured out he can beat? Joshua did the preparation. Uh, but it could very well be the people are confident. I mean, they've got promises. Joshua said that God was leading him and them where they were going. Yeah, yeah. And so at times, God's ways are puzzling. You ever get muddled or hard, you ever have a hard time thinking about what God is doing? 
I mean, you know, you'll, you, you don't, it's not great to ask God why. He may not ever tell you, but it is good to ask God, what are you doing in my life? Because there's a purpose for it if you belong to him. Sometimes you just got no idea what God's up to. But if you don't start out with, Lord, whatever you do is right, that you are working to make me more like Christ, that all things are working together for good, and they are for Israel right here. They just, Paul hadn't written Romans yet for them to study. God, whatever you do is right. Protect us. Glorify yourself. That's our life, right? That's our life. Verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. What are you doing in the dirt? Trust God. Can you trust God in the trials? Um, I didn't know it. Johnny Erickson has been in the hospital for, I think I read, three weeks with pneumonia. You know who Johnny Erickson, everybody know who Johnny Erickson is? She's, she's actually my age, 17 years old, dived into the water and broke her neck, been a quadriplegic, and that has not stopped her one bit. She goes around the world for the sake of disabled people and the gospel. Here's what she says uh, about trials and tribulations. And if anybody knows about trials, she's uh, had cancer twice. She got COVID when she, uh, that almost killed her. Uh, she just got out of three. She says this, in the West, even we Christians, we don't know what to do with suffering and pain. We try to drug it, medicate it, escape it, divorce it. If it's a child with a disability, we institutionalize it. We do everything but learn how to live with it. And I don't mean live with it begrudgingly, but live with it confident that a sovereign God has you in the midst of this for a good reason. And usually, most of those reasons are that we might cast ourselves wholly and completely on Christ Jesus you want to be cheered up go to youtube and li- and and just w- watch something that johnny erickson says she will cheer you up believe me so god uses these trials these obstacles to grow our faith to deepen our experience of grace i mean how would we how would we know about god's grace without hard times that bring us through them And as, in the, and as in the case of AI, to reveal our sin. That's the kindness of God, to reveal to Israel the sin. And that's what we're going to go to. We're in verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have... Here, and... and um, there's, there's five ways that he kind of explains the sin. They've transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things, again, that he prohibited in six. They have stolen, they have lied, and have put them among their own belongings. Therefore, The people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. Notice notice that God uh, doesn't devote Israel to destruction because they turn their backs on him. They become items that are devoted to destruction, right? Right? But he says he doesn't say 
it's because they, they sinned. He says they sinned because they have been devoted to destruction. Right? Isn't that what he says? They turn their backs before their enemies because they became devoted for destruction. Because of what happened, God devoted them to destruction. And then they turned their back. Yeah. I'm going to stay, I'm going to do my best to stay in context. In verse 4, they fled before the men of Ai. Yeah. Yeah. 36 of them died. There's 3,000 of them. 1% is not bad for a war battle. I, I say that. I mean, that's not, I don't mean to be. Uh, uh, minimizing life. But however many were in Ai, they knew that 3,000 was plenty, and yet they're running, and they only lost 36. There's something in cowardice in them, but it is due to having God having his anger upon them for the sin. It's not been revealed yet, I mean, this chapter will make, is, is, we need to think hard about this and what we learn about God. Imagine no Old Testament. Imagine we're just living with the New Covenant and we just study the New Testament only. How much will we know about the character of God? We know a general, a, a grace, right? And the Lord Jesus came. But how much we learn about God's ways that are so much higher than ours and we'll never get them and we'll, we'll regularly be mystified by God's word. But how much we learn from these Old Testament narrative stories about him and how he deals with his people. We've got to get to the end to have a full picture of this episode. But... Um, so, uh, verse 12, they turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I'm going to stop right there because that second half of verse 12 is sort of the hinge of this passage, the center uh, of this passage. So, they become objects of God's wrath, the nation of Israel. And so, my notes right here say, corporate solidarity in sin and judgment. We belong to a body. The clearest New Testament teaching about how it is that you and I at PBC are interconnected in our lives is 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks about the church as the body. And every one of us are members in that body. And we have different roles to play. And how it is that as your body functions, Charlie happens to have his left hand in a sling right now. He's limited in his uh, abilities, but at least he can still write. Last time he had his right hand there and he couldn't even write. Yeah, we all have different roles, but we all have a purpose when we covenant together and we're in this together. And where I go, your reputation goes too. Maybe not explicitly, but corporately and spiritually, we live with one another in the same family. We're actually in the same body, spiritually. And that's what's happened to Israel. God is dealing with Israel as a whole in this situation to reveal his character to them about who he is. Um, so, 
Uh, go back to verse 1. I'm going to walk through this chapter quickly. Um, the sons of Israel, the people of Israel broke faith. Achan, the son of Carmine, go on, took some of the devoted things, right? And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Look at verse 11. Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant and taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Verse 15. And he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire. So, they, now he, will be judged. He and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant. So this play back and forth between individual responsibility and corporate Consequences and responsibility. Um, let's, verse 24. And Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan and the silver and, the, and all of, the, the, uh, of what he stole and his oxen, and his donkeys, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. They brought them up to the valley of Achor, and Joshua said, Why did you bring this trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. All Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them uh, with stones. So, uh, Israel has sinned. Achan is taken. Uh, they have sinned. They have taken. The offender must be burned, but the offender, his family, his livestock, and all that he has share in the punishment. Uh, and so I don't know how you feel about that. Surely at some point, a story like this says unfair. We talked about it last week uh, a little bit with Jericho. Many complain, Ralph Davis says, many complain when they ought to be fearful. Um, or he says it might be better to fear. One man's sin turned away God's presence from the nation of Israel. One husband and father's sin brought death to his family. Uh, yes. We Christians generally have such a tame view of sin. Wrongly, we have no paranoia over its contagious power. Yes. So, in the New Testament, we have, uh, I'll just say, secret, unrepentant sin. Would God look at it and it's different than the Achan? Um, we're going to plea and pray for mercy. But, yes. I mean, it's part of, of, of the body of Christ. Now, in particular, what we can be sure, if we don't deal with sin that we know about, it will affect our church. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Whether we know about it or not, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump, right? I've seen that in the church I was in, and we'll just stop there. But... Um, we have to deal when we know. It's the secret of counsel of God is how he deals with us when I hide 
how he deals with my marriage, how he deals with my boys and Jana, how he deals with you as a church as I hide my sin. That's the secret counsels of God. Oh, okay. And we were talking about sin in his own life, and he said, I can be thankful I wasn't struck dead with that, you know, dichotomy. Yeah. It's something we can't Yeah. Something we can't understand. Ananias and Sapphira is New Covenant, right? And they, uh, God knew, and they fell dead. But God, that's not God. That's God being consistent with his nature. But very often, God's mercy holds sway. He is a forgiving God. He is a gracious God. He is full of loving kindness towards his people. But we all deserve to be Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, We all have come to worship God in a false way and could have died on the spot like Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10, and God would have been perfectly just and righteous. Instead, he was merciful. He's merciful. His mercies are new every day. Yes. Yes. It could have been all 3,000. Yes. Because he tells them you cannot stand. You cannot try as you may, you cannot stand. Because he is sovereign and he is ultimately in control of that situation. Joshua didn't see it, but once he did, we ain't mm-hmm. got there yet. We'll for next week. Yeah. Um, the, the next line in my notes, let me make sure I'm in the right place which you know that I could get in the wrong place regularly. Um, Why was Achan's family executed along with Achan and his livestock? Someone asked last week, well, why would God kill the ox and, and, and the animals? Well, that's God's business, right? But... Um, Look at verse 15. At the end, Achan has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Um, Transgressed the covenant. The penalty is so severe after, in one sense because the sin is so serious. It's serious to break God's covenant. Um, in fact, one of my good commentators says... Likely, the family were accessories in his guilt. They must have known. And I say, why? Why is that so? Does it, we got no te- nothing in the text to say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, that would make me feel better about the whole situation, right? The ox would have carried it. What? Yeah, uh, it's not in the text. We can suppose, but it's not there. Here's look at verse chapter six, verse twenty-one. This answers it better for me. Somebody read six twenty-one loud where everybody can hear it. Anybody? Then they devoted all of the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. Okay, so they devoted all of the city. What city is this that that's about? Jericho, right? Um, uh, so in one sense, they've become like their enemies. Is God not in his character as he's choosing to work this way in this case, being very consistent. Did in the city of Jericho, where every man, woman, and child, 
Every animal, God says, kill them. Was everyone in Jericho in sin? Well, we don't know. But, yeah, well, of course they're dead in their church. But Jericho is a sinning nation, right? They're the Canaanites, the evil Canaanites. And these Jews are no different. And so, wipe out the whole city, wipe out the whole family. It's consistent language with what he said in chapter 6 that he's doing in chapter 7. Um, that helps. That, that is the way that I see it. I, I, I'm, I, I have all kinds of presuppositions about what goes on in the scriptures. Believe me. But I do my best not to, and to. It just seems to be a kind of letting God off the hook, where we say, "Well, surely the family knew, so they deserve to die too." And but why the cattle? Why the animals? They didn't do anything. Um, well, because God said so, and that's the way God uh, is dealing in this situation. And whatever God does is right or he will seem to be evil, the author of evil. Um, And he ordains whatever comes to pass, but he's not the author of evil. He's consistent with his character. And this is what we all deserve, right? I mean, you know, we're no better than the Jews, the Israelites. We're no better than the Canaanites. He just has chosen to grace us and favor us, his people. Um, I think we probably, let's see, can we go any farther? Um, verse 12, just, we got to stop in the middle of verse 12. That's a good, therefore the people of Israel, as Charlie said, cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted to destruction they stole from God what was meant to be sacrificed to God so they stole from God and in one sense they're stealing God's glory and he'll share his glory with no one um, and so they turned tail and ran In verse, the second half, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. That introduces the second half of the chapter. Um, This is the threat of God's wrath and how to turn his wrath away. I will be with you no more. Remember, that's their whole thing. You remember Moses? God, if you don't go with us, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to go there. And God just says, I will be with you. Go forth. They cross the river. God is with them. Now he says, I'll not be with them, with you anymore. How, what was the sign of God being with them? They had a visible sign. For Joshua. As the ark. The ark was the sign of the presence but it's not a rabbit's foot. It's not a good luck charm. David found that out, right, when his friend was killed on the spot when he touched it as they took the ark into battle and the Philistines got it. Then they all got cancer and they gave it back. And when they got right, it went into the house of Obed-Edom and Obed-Edom glorified God with that ark rather than looking at it as a good luck charm, and he was blessed. So they still got the Ark of the Covenant. They probably left it at, at, at the base of the mountain with Jericho, you know. They didn't, probably 3,000 didn't bring it. They may have, but it didn't help. But God says, my presence won't be with you unless you deal with sin as I 
call you to deal with sin. How does God's omnipresence go away? That's where we'll start next week. Anything you want to say before we stop? Not yet. <laughs> yes. Yes, David. Um, you made a clear comparison of the corporate accountability we have with our church, um, like Israel did with Aiken. Do, do you think we share corporate accountability with our city, with our nation, and the sins of our city, the sins of our nation? Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Um, there's a sense in which I don't quite think God deals with nations as he did before, but I'm, I'm not going to dig deep on that. I, I mean, build my, you know, I'm not going to put my roots down there very strongly. We are to be good citizens no matter what, right? Romans 13 teaches us how to live, uh, and, and First Peter, live with the government because it's God's institution but there's caveats to all of that. Good question, though, David. Anybody else? Father, we do thank you for your word that reveals you, and we pray that that would be, our goal would be to honor you with our lives. And Lord, we don't at times. And we thank you that there's an avenue of forgiveness that begins with Christ and ends with Christ. And as we behold His glory, His face in His Word, you transform us into the, His image. Lord, we look forward to one day seeing Him face to face. In the meantime, keep us faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen.